You are listening to episode 16 of the Ball Blab Podcast. Myself and Nate grade every relevant Red Sox player from the 2022 season. We have split this year's grading video into two parts, the first part being position players, and the second part being pitchers. This episode will be dedicated to position players. So sit down, relax, and enjoy episode 16 of Ball Blab. Hello and welcome back to Ball Blab. I'm Nate here with Jason, and today... We are grading relevant Red Sox players. A bit of a throwback to one of our season one episodes. And yeah. And season two. Season two? Yeah. Yeah, okay. Yeah, anyway, yeah. But before we get into grading our Red Sox players, I think we have to address um, the Dennis, Eckersley ret- Dennis Eckersley's retirement from announcing for the Red Sox. And I just want to say that he will be very missed. Um, he-, he was always my favorite Red Sox announcer, like out of all the guys that did color for the Red Sox, he was my favorite. Whenever I heard whenever I heard that he was going to be announcing the game and heard his voice, I knew it was going to be a good time. He was funny. He was like a fan trapped in an in a announcer's body, but in the best possible way. He had such great insight, you know, had such a great and unique vocabulary, which any Red Sox fan would know about. And like he will be missed, but I really wish him well. And let me let's let me just say that he makes you want to watch the Red Sox even if they stink. Like I think this that series was true. a perfect example. This series was a perfect example as if it wasn't his last three games announcing, I wouldn't have even bothered watching. No, a hundred percent. And you know, growing up, he's always the guy that I idled, or one of the guys I idled. Him and Remy, the the trio of um, even Orsello. Remy and Eckersley those were that that's just you can't beat that unbeatable and then even with Dave O'Brien I mean I grew up with them in 2018 2019 2021 not counting 2020 but yes I'm gonna miss him deeply and I express a lot of gratitude I thank him so much for his time in the Red Sox booth yeah so anyway um Switching back to our main episode, um, let's get right into our 2022 Boston Red Sox report card. Um, starting off with Rafael Devers. Um, he f- had an excellent first half, but then kind of slowed down in the second half. Um, he ended up hitting in the 290s with not even 30 home runs and not even 90 RBIs. Um, but he did show some improvements with his defense, so I'm personally going to give him a B. Yes, I'm going to give him a B, too. His first half, if he kept his first half status for the whole season, he would have earned himself an A. But because he didn't do that, he, I think he was batting like 230 the whole second half combined, which I don't know if he was hurt or not. That remains to be revealed slash seen. But overall, I'm happy with how Devers um, played this season. But that doesn't mean Bloom shouldn't lock him up long term. Yeah, he definitely should be locked up long term. Um, maybe it's the injury. I mean, because he was injured for a certain part, certain part, and maybe like he came back but was never truly a hundred percent. But yeah, like he definitely took a significant step back in the second half. But um, even with that step back, um, he's definitely a guy that needs to be locked up because he truly is the third baseman of the future for the Red yes. Sox. And let's move on to Xander Bogarts, which a few months ago I said, you know what, I don't mind Bogarts walking. I changed my mind 100%. You got to keep Bogarts. 
he is the team leader. He's has a great defensive glove at shortstop, as we saw this season. It improved a lot. So did Devers, but Xander Bogarts have shown over his years in Boston. He has transformed into the leader he has become. It would be a shame if he signed with another team. I really can't envision that. And this is going to be worse than Mookie if he leaves, in my opinion. But a little off topic, I give Bogarts an A. Had a really good season with the bat. I just said he improved with his glove. Nate, what are your thoughts? Uh, Yeah, I, I agree with you giving him an A. Like, the power, you didn't quite show the power, but like, you know, look, I mean, the power is something that, we've been, that a lot of people have been cl- complaining about a lot with the Red Sox, and yes, that's true. The power definitely took a step back, and you got to hit home runs. But I feel like it's partially made up for, and this is just a team thing, with the amount of doubles that they hit. I mean, like, they led the world in doubles by a huge margin, and I think that that can at least partially make up for hitting less home runs. And sure, he did hit hit less home runs, but, like, hit fewer home runs, to correct my grammar. But um, he also hit, I think, hit a ton of doubles like everyone else on the team. And, like, you know, he was, and man, did he hit for a good average. I mean, like, he, Uh he was in the batting race for a while. And, yes, like, a huge plus is is his is um his improvement in the defense um would i be um a little disappointed with him leaving yes but um i wouldn't like you know i wouldn't actually wouldn't be pissed um, wow. if we can get huh. good things for him because like it's i feel like let's not cuz you know he's still 29 he's still i think he's still 29 maybe 30 and like um I don't love like giving him this huge contract, giving him like an eight-year contract at the age that he's at and paying him a ton of money, especially because there is a possibility that his best years are, are behind him. I just don't want to fall into the trap of recency bias because he had a really good, you know, last few months. Now, I mean, recency bias does play an effect when you look at Xander Bogarts and other players, but he's also the leader of this team and he he's the central of all leadership, in my opinion. You know, you need guys to go lead... Screw coaches, no offense, but yes, coaches can lead a team, but you also need that player representation on and off the field. Xander Bogarts was the perfect representation of that, and it's going to be strictly on Heimbloom if he can't get a deal done. And now, you say, okay, eight-year deal, you know, Scott Boris client. I don't think it needs to be that long. I think it can be a, a lot shorter, maybe three to four years, maybe an opt-out after three. Who knows? We can talk about contracts later, but I truly think a deal needs to be done with Bogarts and Devers. Now, those two are the number one priorities. Maybe more of Bogarts, but I love, I love, I need to see him back in a Red Sox uniform. Now, the other thing I was going to say, I want to compare last year's rankings to all the players that are applicable for this. So Devers last year, we gave him an A. Bogarts, we gave him a B and flip-flopped this year. So, yeah, then we'll move on. Um, just Maybe. one thing, one last last thing about Bogarts. Um, I actually, I disagree a little bit. I think I think Devers is the main um, priority for getting a good contract. Obviously, like, I'm not saying to put no effort into giving Bogarts a contract. I definitely think you should, but I feel like Devers is more important. And as for leadership, I think that's something that can be replaceable. I feel like some, I think someone else can step up. Like, you know, leadership isn't like, you know, something that only one guy can have. So that, that that's, those are my thoughts on Bogarts. But anyway, we've stressed him enough. Let's move on to JD Martinez. 
Yep, J.D. Martinez, C, and that's pretty fair. Good April, good May, but awful June, July, and August and September. Yeah. Just awful. He fell off a cliff. Yeah, I mean, I think I've, I think, at least for the Red Sox, I'm down. I think, like, really, I think it's time to move on from him, from him, at least with the Red Sox. Um, I feel like he's, unless we can get a really cheap contract, uh, to re-sign him to, um, we should let him walk. It's just, I think a C is very much deserved. I mean, like, I don't know what his, I don't know exactly what his final stats are, but just, like, they're, you know, league average by any hitter standards, but by, and terrible by his standards. I think he had 16 home runs and hit his 14th home run in late September, which, you know, if you, which, you know, if you compare it to other years, that's insane because, in like as recent as 2021 I think he hit his first his 14th home run in mid-June which really goes to show like you know how the power just fell off there I mean he did hit a lot of doubles which makes up for a little bit but he just didn't hit for that good of an average I think he hit like 270 which isn't good enough if you're not providing much power or production which he didn't and also um if you just watched him like, you know, this is a guy who supposedly works harder on hitting than anyone. Designated like, hitter. But the, here's the thing. It did not really look like that at all when I was watching him. So many times I saw him chase and yeah. swing and miss on the same pitch over and over again. Throw him a slider low and away, he's gonna chase. Like, I saw that over and over again. And you'd be lucky if he could hit a ball to the warning track at times. Lack of play discipline. Or plate discipline, lack of, you know, he, he, he always swung at pitches where it's like, you gotta lay that ball off, you know, 0-2 slider, barrier curveball buried, he's swinging at that 9 out of 10 Which times, I find, it seems like. And that's just something I find rather surprising for someone who claims to work harder on hitting than anyone else. Uh-huh, I mean, designated Or hitter. like other people say. Yeah, he's one of the guys where I would not, even if we get him cheap, he's the guy, one of the guys who I would not mind letting him walk. I, I mean, would. the only reason to re-sign him is if we can get it for cheap. That, that to me. Even cheap? Mm, I might disagree with you, you know. How cheap are you looking? Like, 10 uh, very, very cheap. I'm looking maybe like, here's what I'm looking. I'm thinking like three, like three years, 10 million in total. Wow, that's... I don't know if that's gonna happen because I don't know who his agent is. But if it was Boris, he'd absolutely not. But okay, I think that's we gave Martinez last year, I believe, a B, and yes, we did. Yeah, we gave him a B last year, which was fair. You know, kind of similar to last year in a I sense. I think I think uh, a better version of I think this year was a poor man's version of last year for JD Martinez yes. because the. F- because the first half, the entire first half of J.D. Martinez, he was awesome. He was really, really good. Saving but grace then, of his team at one but point. Th- but then, like, you know, come the second half, he took a step back. We saw this last year. You get the first half, J- or the first two months, J.D. Martinez. I remember last year in, at Baltimore, he had that insane mm-hmm. series where he hit, like, three to four home runs. Yep. He had a great April that year, great May. Started to, you know... He was hitting 330. He was still hitting well in June, but then come the second half, that's when he took a step back. Anyway, yeah. um, Alex Verdugo. Interesting player, you know. First half, you know, rolling balls over way too much. 
I feel like he tried to well, go anyway, for power. Um, I feel like before we get into our reasons why we gave him the grade we gave him, let's actually tell say the grade. Um, we gave him a B. That is the I grade for him this year. I think that's absolutely fair. Um, a little, like, you know, had, was a little, like, you know, had flashes of being really good, but then struggled a bit. But I think, you know, he was good more than he was bad, more than he was not so good. So I think he deserves to be. I mean, he played high-quality defense at left field and played a serviceable right field and definitely, you know, really showed some good hitting at times. Absolutely, you know. But also showed some lackluster hitting at times. Yes, when... We've been talking about this all season. When Verdugo uses the right side of the field, he's going to suck. When he uses all fields, that's where he is pretty good. It's like it's like, it's like like he's... Un- you know, every, everyone's heard... Every baseball fan has heard the expression dead pole. He's like a dead opposite field hitter. Like, when he's hitting well and getting hits, it's to the opposite field. It's like rare for him to get a hit, especially a hit on the ground... To right field that might change next year with the shift being abolished but that will um, that will change but like you know still like he's a guy where it's rare to see him get a hit to right to the right side yes and last year's grade was an a but that a was more surrounded towards his potential for this year you yeah, know and he, that- we we said he has the tools to bat 300 which which i still think i is still possible. think yeah absolutely he does have the potential in 2023 too it's just a matter it's just a question of what version of alex verduga are we getting at on opening day through the first three months of the season and if we get the same one we got last year this past season then he's not gonna hit 300 we just saw but if if he can can maintain his you know strokes to all fields and and, you know the shift the shift might come into play you know he can yeah, what's yeah, up? Yeah, and and, ma- and just maintain consistency because there was a time during the season, like mid-April to May, where he was struggling big time, where I think he was down to the 240s, maybe even the 230s. So if he, if he can stay out of a really tough slump for a significant chunk of time, then I think he's a 300 hitter. Yes, absolutely agree. Okay, now we're going to move on to Trevor Story, who, newcomer... From Coors Field, we gave him a C, and I feel like when I when I look at grades personally, you know, A is great, B is a a little Good bit above, above average. average, C average, uh, D below average, and then F, F is bad. You stink. Hey, it's just like in school, huh? Uh, that's exactly what it kind of. What I'm it's kind of exactly like with. how grades are are judged in school. Yeah. So. Trevor Story, I, I kind of value what Braden Chevry says. You know, this guy's not going to have a great first year at Boston, trying to adjust still to the environment of Fenway Park. He did show that, you know, his power's there. We saw in the Mariners series, he can piece some things together. He can be a very good hitter. Yeah, and if Braden is right, which I think he has a good shot being, because I definitely think, you know, the. First year with a team, it's always some type of adjustment. I actually believe in that. Then I feel like we could really, Trevor Story could be very good for this team because he definitely showed flashes. I mean, like, he showed some pop. He definitely showed um, some better hit. And I feel like he showed some better swings and better hitting and a better approach when he was coming back from the IL. And I really liked his speed and defense. I really liked it, especially considering that he was playing second base, which is a position that he had never played before. So, um, yeah, and look, if we lose Xander Bogarts, I would have no problem with Trevor Story going back, being our shortstop. Uh, 
I mean, that's, I feel like I disagree with that more, but I feel like that's a conversation for maybe another day. I mean, look, I would not want to see Bogarts leave, <clears throat> but like, I feel like Trevor Story being our shortstop no, is something yeah, I, I mean, by no means am I going to be mad that Trevor Story is the second guy in line for the shortstop job. It's just a matter of just, you know, Bogarts has been on the team for almost nine years to be exact. 2013, he made his debut, but, you know, it'd be sad. I just feel like he's a leader. But off topic, Trevor Story. All good things must come to an end, you know? All right, anyway, yeah. um, to Kike Hernandez, who's kind of on the cusp of being relevant, we placed we have this list on a Google Doc, and we placed an asterisk again next to his grade, basically showing that he may be relevant, may not be. Either way, with this just being kind of a lost season with his injury, we just gave him a C. Yeah, you know, a hip injury is nothing, you know, you shouldn't, why I say nothing, hip injuries can be serious, and you know, when he was trying to come back, he just had setbacks, and you know, he created this hole in the outfield yeah you know? i mean like i gotta say he was a guy i missed he truly was Absolutely. a guy i missed because like when we were shoving jaron Duran and just this whole revolving door that was our center fielders i really missed him because like man because like you know even this year he provided solid reliable defensive center field play which yes. i just think is important. I, that's why Miles Straw is the starting center fielder <laughs> for the Cleveland Guardians. He can't hit for crap, but he's a damn good defender, and that's why he's starting games for them. Yeah, no, 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 absolutely. And he's not a glove first outfielder. He's a great all around. You know, he didn't the show it with he has the, bat. the potential. He has the potential, even though he's probably like 31, 32 years old. We've seen in the playoffs, you know, like probably a year ago, right now, he was insane. Yeah. But, you know... And, like, and you want to know something funny? I feel please. like center field is the is the position that I want him playing the most and think he plays the best. But personally, he considers that... Kike Hernandez himself considers that his least favorite position. Yeah. I, I also heard he hated the idea of platooning between second base and center field. Uh, he said he was glad that he has one yeah, position I, I, to himself. Yeah, I get that. But yeah, I just find that funny because he plays the position so well. Yeah. Last year's rankings, we put him at a B. I mean, he was healthy for the whole year. One, he two. Well. He had an insane second half. Mm-hmm. He cause we're, played we're, played high-quality defensive Yeah, field. and you remember in the first half, he was awful. Yep. Like, at one point, he was slotted to the seventh spot. Mm-hmm. Made his way back to the leadoff spot in late June, and then it was good. But yeah. that's why he was a B, got downgraded to a C this year. Yeah, depending yeah. on whether you think he's relevant or not. Yeah. So, yeah, C take asterisk. It, take it. Now, uh, Tommy Pham, an acquisition at the deadline, played pr- the pr- played pretty much the whole time. I think he's relevant, and I think he deserves an A. Absolutely. You know, with the addition of Tommy Pham, you move Verdugo to, the, to left field. He's and fam, to right field, right, right field, yeah. You move Verdugo to right field. I'm not saying that Verdugo's better at right field, but but I feel fam like, in left field. But I feel like that doesn't destroy our outfield or, or, by moving him to that position. No, no, no. Or, let me tell. You. I think putting fam at his a okay position. He's he knows the monster from playing years with Tampa, mm-hmm. and you know he played it really well. He knows Fenway Park a lot more than a. 
some players even on the team. <laughs> I'm not going to say names, but he proved that, you know, he's a solid leadoff hitter. He's a solid hitter, too. And, you know, he came in the clutch sometimes. We saw against New York, but if everyone was like that, we would probably see this team in the playoffs, but that's not the case. We would or wouldn't see them in the playoffs? Would, probably. Okay. okay. But not everyone had a great second half like him. Or just a good season in general. Uh, Kevin Pluecki, um, yeah, relevant. He he was the backup catcher for most of the season. He just he just couldn't hit. Had no arm. Bad, he was just kind of bad. I give him a D. He, it wasn't awful, but D. He he was a solid backup catcher last year. You know, hit two eighty seven. No, and showed some not that much pop, but he had he he was great under high velocity. This year, I will say in the first half, he lost a lot of time for to Christian Vasquez, who had a, a spectacular first half. We'll get to him momentarily. But, you know, in the second half when Vasquez was traded, I, I to myself, I was saying, okay, are we going to see the Kevin Pulecki of seasons past? Are we going to see a new version that's not as good? And at the time, I believe he only had one home run, seven RBIs, and like an average just hovering on the Mendoza line. Sadly, nothing really changed after being, you know, the go-to catcher. Even though he was kind of getting platooned with Reese McGuire, Plowecki, for the most of majority of August, was the guy being called on. He really didn't deliver at the plate. Solid catcher, but not... Not spectacular defensively. He's and like he was, solid, but not anything. I want to say special, but not nothing. Nothing over great. Yeah, I mean his hitting was terrible, and his defense was okay. D. Now Reese McGuire. Hold, um, on, hold on, wait. Last year I gave Plawecki a B because because uh, he was a solid, you yep. know, second option for your catcher, and. He hit for contact, which I loved last year about Ploiecki. Don't get me wrong. Yep. That was great. Yeah. Um. Now let's move on to Reese McGuire. Um. Trade deadline acquisition. I didn't know what to get, what we were gonna get with this guy, but um, I'm very, I was very pleasantly surprised with him. I mean, look, the trade deadline had its issues, and it was, but it was mainly more because of what they didn't get and not ex- necessarily with what they got because, you know, Reese McGuire was another trade deadline acquisition that was really good. I mean, he came to the Red Sox and played good baseball. He threw runners out, played a good defensive catcher, and also he hit very well. I think he hit nearly 400 with the Red Sox. No, I mean, great. Maybe he can be the catcher next year. I think he might have a contract year, but uh, that, this is a guy where I wouldn't mind getting back in the offseason he he was spectacular yeah well now that i look back at it he he's a great he was a great hitter Mm -hmm. and a great defender some people don't know reese mcguire when i when i first saw the trade i'm like you're getting a great defender he's a great defensive catcher but question marks rely on his bat yeah you know but like i don't think there are any i don't think there were any questions when he was hitting with us i mean like he doesn't have the best power, but I feel like for a catcher to just be a good hitter in any way, I will per I will absolutely take considering the excellent defense that he was playing. Yeah, I mean, defense was a huge issue a year ago, 
I mean, even this year, but yeah, I feel I'm still a pretty big issue. This it year. is still a pretty big issue. We'll we'll get to that later. Um, but I liked what I saw out of McGuire, and I actually hope we get him next year. You know, maybe cheap because you know he he's been moving around a little bit. He was first on Toronto, spent half the season with uh, Chicago, the Chicago White Sox, going off flip for Deakman, and then yeah. Ended up here? No, yeah, I think um, he's on a contract. Now here, so. let's move on to the guy that he effectively replaced, um, Christian Vasquez. I think I gotta give him an A. He played great in his time in Boston. He really did. Um, he hit great. He hit well. He played um catcher. I mean, like honestly, these two guys were pretty much interchangeable. Yeah, I mean, the only downside I have of him just can't run he's not a he's a bad base yeah he gets out on the bases a lot but like i feel like those are so on in the grand scheme of things those are so uncommon to the point where i can't bring him down a whole letter grade yeah it's it's more of you know if you have we we don't do like c plus c minus a plus if there was if, if we did that vasquez would probably be in between b plus and a minus in my opinion. Yeah, I feel like just bring him down to name minus Because, like, look, that happened way more than it should have. But, like, base running errors like that are just so infrequent to where I just don't think it's worth bringing him down by that much. Yeah, but... Anyway, um... And last year, we gave him a C, you know? Yeah, because his offense definitely took a big step back. He, he was not hitting that Yeah, he well only hit 259. Yeah, not very good offensive year. Yes, him. it was step back from i'm gonna say 2019 because 2020 doesn't count but yeah i liked what i saw of him and i was very bummed that he got traded but you know like a few other of these guys in the offseason i could you know see a return out of him so let's now move to everyone's favorite player just kidding large contributor to the black hole that was first base this season bobby dahlbeck F. f F F Jinx, man. Jinx. F F F. F minus Z minus. Whatever you name it, he was just terrible. Momentum. He played destroyer. He made he played bad. He just he played below average defense, I guess, at first. But like, you know, the the defense wasn't nearly as big of a problem as the hitting. He was just an awful hitter. I mean not hit a lick. As you said, like, you know, couldn't hit with runners scoring position. He literally just could not hit at the major league level, and we stuck with him for way too long, giving him an F. Let me tell you something. You put Bobby Dahlbeck in a bases-loaded, two-outs situation, 10 out of, I can confidently say, 10 out of 10 times, he's either popping it up on the first pitch or striking, or striking out. out looking. On, or, or on, swinging. Like, on striking out looking on like three or four pitches. Yes. Uh, death taxes and Bobby Dahlbeck striking out with the bases loaded. God, that was crazy. What did we give him last year? We gave him a C because, remember, he had a great second yep. half. No, he had, like, a spectacular. We were – some people were waiting for that to happen this year. Didn't happen. Only costing him a demotion to AAA Worcester. Yeah, his first ever demotion since being called up. You know that's bad. Yeah, absolutely. Anyway, um – Let's move on to Christian Arroyo. Um, Christian Arroyo. Okay. I feel like I find I believe he was relevant. I think he played enough, and 
really the whole problem with him is just whether he can stay in the field. I feel like for the most part when he was playing and playing the position he should be playing, meaning second base and not right field, I think he played awesome. I think he hit well. He played solid second base. I think he deserves an A. Yeah, when he's proved that when he's healthy, he's spectacular. He did have that hot stretch in, was that August? August, yes. Yeah, August. he was really good, and his defense just was really good as well. When Trevor Story got hurt, you know, when he was a great replacement, and, you know, there was well, some... a few times when, I, when, you know, when a guy gets hurt and it doesn't throttle the entire roster. <laughs> <laughs> yep, I can confidently agree with that. Um, we didn't grade him last year. We didn't think he was relevant last year. Well, yeah. he, was, he was hurt. I feel like he only he, he played... Just bar- he barely played last year at all. Um, anyway, I think it is time to move on to Franchi Cordero, who I personally think deserves an F. I mean, I feel like for the most part, he sucked at hitting, but I feel like he was somehow an even worse defender than Bobby Dahlbeck and had no business playing that position. And just time and time again, he would make... He would screw up routine plays and have trouble getting pop-ups and, you know, catching balls and digging out balls because he was so inexperienced at the position. Uh-huh, yeah. Um, I personally gave him a D, and I'll tell you why. I feel like at the plate in June, he was the guy who, you know, he showed great plate discipline. Um... That definitely didn't age well when I said it at the time. You know, his plate discipline regressed as the season went on when he got called up from Worcester. But in June, I liked what I saw out of him. He was really clutch at times, too. And he showed he was a good bat and a solid defender. But we also remember that that was just June... And in July, that completely, his progress made completely diminished, and he returned. I think he overachieved in June. Yeah. I, think- I mean, dude, I think he deserves an F because one, it's one month, and come on, like, you had a lot of trouble getting that out of your mouth. Like, you had a lot of trouble saying how good he was in June, which means that he wasn't that good, which also means that he sucked. Aside from that, and I think he just deserves an F. I I, I think D's generous, but, you know, we can disagree on things. Uh, yeah, I mean, I keep flipping back and forth, but... I'm F, you're D. Now, here's a guy that we know for sure what his grade is. Jaron Duran. He was relevant. He played for a good two months. In fact, played more than he should have. F. Yeah, you know what? I'm going to change Cordero's to an F. You know, if I'm giving Jaron Duran an F... It only makes sense that Cordero's an F, in my honest opinion, because, you know, Duran, when he first came up, was good. He was good for, like, two seconds. I feel like he was, he had good... I think he was good for, like, two, maybe three weeks, and then he was awful after that. I mean, like, let's first address his defense. I mean, like, holy Jesus. Like, the amount of mistakes he made and screw-ups he made at center field, I mean, it was just ridiculous i I mean like at the major league level i don't know 
how he sticks around. Like, obviously, we know the Little League Grand Slam that he gave up to Toronto, but, like, in Kansas City, he had trouble getting... He, like, I think he dropped another routine fly ball. Like, you know, that wasn't couldn't, get a ball, yeah. couldn't get a ball that a lot of ball go over his head that he probably should have caught. I, I mean, like, his defense was truly awful and, and unlike anything I'd ever seen before. And he also couldn't hit. He was a terrible hitter, too. F couldn't hit her field. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And mean, this was for a good two months. Oh, yeah. No, absolutely. Just awful play after whenever and this is a theme for the whole um Worcester crew kind of when there's a ball popped up or fly to center field you are holding your breath yeah yeah and and the reason I mean like I felt that way like throughout the later part of the season whenever I saw a routine fly ball I was holding my breath because I was just traumatized by the amount of missed fly balls from this team during the his, during the absolute during the July free fall yeah oh my gosh yeah uh, call that July of this year and August of last year are very similar but I think July of this year's worse personally yeah, I, that's one two the Sox instead of having that big lead in first or a lead in first last or even recovering guard, yep just no and it's, it was not the time to do it, you know? Mm. And another common theme we've seen out of some of these guys, they're either getting an A. There are not that many Bs aside for, like, or for Dugo. It's either an A or an F. Those just, that, that's the problem. You can't be flip-flopping that much. You, you can't be. You just can't. I'll gladly take two players with a C than one guy with an A and F. Because the guy with the F is just awful. Yeah. Okay, um, we want to move on? Yeah, uh, Rob Refsnyder. Here we go. We're flip-flopping again. Hey, I mean, yeah. I think he's relevant. I mean, he got called up in June. I mean, like, when I first saw his name, I was like, really, we have this guy on the team? But he played really good baseball. Yes. He played good defense, played good offense, shredded left-handed pitching. One of few call-ups, you know, as a guy, one of few call-up replacements that really played well and showed that he deserved to be in the big leagues. You know, he might be the only good call-up this year. Probably. Uh, that's just not good to say. You know, you told me, and I totally agree with you on this, he, he gives me Jose Iglesias vibes. You know, f- September last year was the Jose Iglesias show, and I loved it. I absolutely loved it. But no, we're not, we weren't in the playoffs, but, you know, I liked what I saw out of Rest Niner and wouldn't be mad if he returned to a utility role next year. Yeah, um, and let's move on to JBJ, who just, he, he just, he, he sucked. I mean, he was just, he, he just did typical JBJ things, yeah. like JBJ, bad JBJ yep. things. Like, I mean, he's, he played, I guess, reliable defense, but like, I feel like center, an out, outfield position is, a position where the older you get, the worse you get at it. Because I, I personally think so much of it depends on speed. And I am a believer of the older you get, the slower you get. So, you know, his defense in center got worse and he just couldn't hit. JBJ Could hit. doing JBJ things, you know, instead, like you just said, a much, or not much worse, but a slightly worse glove and speed. And I center. mean, like, that Hunter Renfro trade still makes zero sense. It does, you know. 
oh, we're going to look at the future and, you know. It, it, I mean, it makes ugh. no sense in literally every aspect. It makes no sense into what we got. It makes no sense in terms of his philosophy. Zero sense. Uh, anyway, um, we've stressed how bad that trade is enough. Um, let's One more player, and then I think we call it for... I think we got to do two parts. Yeah, we got to do two parts. One part for position players, one part for pitchers. So, yeah, I feel like... I've, does that conclude all of our position players? Maybe. We do Casas, maybe? Hey, September Cops, I just don't think are quite relevant. Hey, late August, but, you know, I like... Hey, to me, I so, won't grade him. Let's just say... I think... Let's just say our thoughts. Um, I, I saw a lot of good stuff from him. I feel like there's potential for next year. And, yeah, but I don't think he's worth giving nope. a grade. No. I mean, I like to play discipline, although he... His batting average was meh. It got better. It definitely got better. It I think did. he was 10 for his last... He was 12 for his last 38, which is essentially a 300 average. Yeah. I mean. But anyway, um, not worth grading. I think that concludes part one for our position players, and we'll make a second part for pitchers. So, yeah. Go Sox. Sports betting is a tough nut to crack. Breakthrough with sportsbookcheatsheet.com. Sportsbook Cheat Sheet statisticians give you the edge in football, baseball, golf, and basketball betting. They don't tell you what to do with your money. They do the research, crunch the numbers, and make predictions so you can make the best picks. All for less than 20 bucks a month. Register online now or sign up for a free trial at sportsbookcheatsheet.com. That's sportsbookcheatsheet.com. Sportsbook Cheat Sheet. Analytics for an edge.